Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Musician's Guide podcast. My name is Karen, and I am here with Jen. Hello. Welcome. Um, or welcome back, everybody, I guess. Um, I'm really excited about today's topic. Um, I feel like, Jen, you just have such amazing, like an amazing grip on like what's happening in the ether. And I'm just really excited to kind of bring, I was thinking about this last night, like the musician, the perspective of a non-musician is just so helpful to a lot of the work that we do. So first of all, I'm super grateful. And I'm also just really excited to talk about this reset. Um, And you can definitely do a better job of explaining it. um, Because I feel like we're right at that time of January where it's like, what you're doing like everybody that started the 75 hard is like have we done this or um you know the gym situation or food or how you're organizing your space or all these sorts of things um can just feel like really overwhelming so tell us your thoughts and um just kind of the brains behind this this theme today yeah i think like a lot of people do do that january kind of like hit the ground running these are my goals this is what i'm going to accomplish this is my word for the year but i think my biggest thing that i'm seeing right now as far as like trends are concerned social media and the things that i'm consuming and i'm assuming other people are too which like maybe not i don't know is the idea of like resetting and it's like basically coined a term that is meant to be like super annoying as far as like you have to clean you have your chores you have your responsibilities and your errands to then like rebranding it to being a reset so all of a sudden it feels desirable and it feels like something that you want to do so just Mm -hmm. as a, a filler in of what that is so a reset is basically just like girls or guys on tiktok you know instagram any sort of like short form video format that are like cleaning their apartment on a Sunday. So it's like they take you along with them to show you a vlog of them cleaning. So you see like a very aesthetically clean, you know, kitchen and like the ASMR of the different things being put away and just it makes you want to clean. So I feel like <laughs> yeah. in, in this like reset era of everything, we wanted to like dive a little bit deeper and just figure out the root cause of it. And I think a lot of those resets, realistically, it's just habits. So when people decide to reset by turning on a 30 minute timer and doing their laundry and cleaning as much as they can in those 30 minutes, realistically, that's just a habit that they're building or some sort Mm -hmm. of like habit stacking or like Pomodoro method. So there's just, again, this rebrand of reset that I think is going to be really helpful moving forward as you're trying to do things like get unstuck, which is the theme of today's episode. Yeah, I really like that. And I feel like we're, it's exciting to see social media, um, for all the bad press that it gets to kind of be in a, in a positive space with helping people and, and their mental health in a way and, um, just making it accessible and also just visually appealing and, just clear on what it means to reset because like I've interpreted reset as, you know, kind of like in the classroom, like we're all just going to reset the classroom and clean up, clean up, you know, everybody clean up. Like that was the kind of the vibe, but as an adult with a kid and all this stuff, it's just like, no, like we're just in the trenches like perpetually. And that thought of like, Hey, you don't have to clean your whole house in one second. You can have systems also being on the side of TikTok and even Instagram of people that like make lists even for their own personal hygiene. Like I've been so surprised that like the clean girl aesthetic is like a thing. And I'm like, but yeah, we should all bathe and do all sorts of things um, that makes you feel good for your own personal hygiene. But the fact that this is something that's like branded and that people are just kind of I don't know, sharing 
so openly. Um, there's a, a degree of, of awesome vulnerability and also just being able to see what people are talking about, but then also a desire to do it too. Um, and I think that that's been mm-hmm. the most surprising thing. Um, so kind of in keeping with that theme of like, how can we get unstuck and how can we reset as creatives? Um, I'm, I'm excited to see like what's going to resonate and, and what do you feel like is helpful? Because I personally feel like I'm in a very unique season of life um, where the resets feel like almost hourly. <laughs> it's like, what are we mm-hmm. doing? What's happening? Um, and it does make a huge difference. And I have noticed that like even having like as simple as a clear desk or a clear spot to eat lunch, like that makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And I feel like that's too, like a lot of people consider resetting, like starting all over again, or just like going back to square Mm -hmm. one. And it's not necessarily that it's just attempting whatever it is that you're doing again, with a different perspective and a different mindset that I feel like is so powerful with like breaking through some of your own bullshit to not be like, Oh, I I can't do this. Or it's not the time or I don't have enough time to do this. And it's like, no, yeah, you Mm -hmm. do. If you just do it in a time accordingly. So Mm -hmm. asking you and coming, coming back, kind of coming back to that question of just like, what are some things that you feel like make resetting easier for people? Yeah, I feel like awareness first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. I I think that coming from a place of, of feeling grounded. And I think that that's kind of counterintuitive because when you're a disaster, it's you're far from feeling grounded. But I think that getting into a good habit, whether it's habit stacking or whatever um, of just, some time in the morning to just like have an intention for the day, have clarity on like what your schedule actually is. Like I personally have the opportunity to automate my Zoom links, but I choose to manually send a Zoom link to every single client that I see every single day um, because I it allows me to think through my day. And I know exactly who I'm talking to, when, the type of energy that I'll need, the kind of meetings that I'm going to be in. Um, and that just like being able to have, and it doesn't take that long. It's like five, six minutes in my morning where I can look at my calendar. I can have an intention. I can gauge even like how much time do I have to eat? What am I going to eat? What is my hygiene going to look like? What am I going to wear? Like, am I leaving the house? Like, what is that vibe? Um, and it just kind of allows me to logistic. And then as I get throughout the day and the messes start to happen, or, you know, I have my four or five beverages on my desk, my, you know, emotional support water bottle, you know, all of that stuff. Like one starts things start to get like crowded, then I'm able to, all right, before this next call, we got five minutes, let's kind of run around and figure this out. Um, and that has been really helpful um, in feeling like I can move forward in my day and not get bogged down emotionally because it's not even not productive. It's just, you just get into a mood and I and it's really mm-hmm. affecting me with the weather and the time of year yeah. and all of that and having depression. So like um, that type of reset has been really helpful. What about you? Yeah, I I really like that. And I think that that intentionality and that like knowing yourself is the most important thing because you're able to, like I said, like cut through the bullshit of a lot of the things that you might not need to do to be able to feel accomplished for that day. And I think another thing that really helps as far as resets are concerned, I think it's like, it's twofold versus the individual accountability that you were saying, as far as just like showing up for yourself. And if I say that I'm going to do something like actually following through on it so that I feel successful Mm -hmm. and I'm setting myself up for success. And then there's a twofold part of it where if you do have people in your life that you feel like you can not commiserate because that sounds awful, but just like somebody that's going to hold you accountable. I think that's Mm -hmm. also really helpful, especially when it comes to things that you might not have done before or that you're not good at. So whether that's saying like, okay, you know, we're both going to show up to the gym at this specific time because, you know, we both said that we're working on whatever and we want to, you know, increase our cardio or we want to get better at this or we want to, you know, start running or run a 5k or whatever it is. Um, having that accountability with somebody else, I feel like is really good for resetting and kind of reprogramming your brain 
to show you that you actually are capable of doing these things and switching that perspective from it's something that I'm not used to doing. It's not within my personality to I enjoy doing Mm -hmm. this and I'm doing it with a friend or I'm showing up for myself or I'm, you know, conquering these things that in the past were inhibited by preconceived notions, which is good. Yes. And adding to that too, I feel like it's been really empowering to try new things. And I think that that's what the reset era has given us an opportunity to um, just like with cooking, you know, you and I are constantly talking about that. I'm 0% domestic. You very much are way more than I am, but like even commiserating around our meals and like, I hate the grocery store, but I'm the one doing the grocery shopping and the food stuff and all of that in our family in the season just to try it and see how it goes. Um, and that's been really interesting to, to see that, oh, my brain can actually work in that way. Because for a long time, it was very paralyzing, overwhelming, didn't feel like a priority. And it's like, yes, feeding yourself should be a priority. Um, but then also kind of thinking through all the new things that I've added um, to my life, like especially from the motherhood lens, like not that I have a messy room, I am a Virgo, but the type of organization that you need in order to be practical, like you're sleep deprived at the middle of the night, you need to find something like that's a different level of organization. And slowly starting to do that in my son's room has been really empowering. And it's kind of been fortuitous that we've had so much like snow and like bullshit weather where even though you and I are so close together, I can't like phone a friend and be like, can you please help me? Because I literally emotionally cannot keep up with the mess. Um, And to like kind of be forced to do it uh, has actually been really empowering. And I'm really excited to be like, oh my gosh, this might actually be the first time in my entire life where I've like fully organized a room entirely by myself and of course melted down about it, but it's functional and it works for me and it works for my neurodivergent brain and I don't feel bad about it, you know? Yeah, no, 1000%. I feel like that's a, a really big part of the the reset, like seeing the simplicity of it, 20 minute timer, and then how much you can get accomplished. And it changes, again, I keep saying perspective in this episode, but just like the, your ability to do things in such a short amount of time too. And I know you've talked about it too, where it's like, now more than ever, you're like, my time is worth so much more as far as like, mm-hmm. the things that I can do in the small windows and where he's sleeping or whatever it might be or between meetings or whatever it is. So I think having this this reset mindset is really helpful. So switching mm-hmm. gears from being a little bit less on that personal side to resetting after major events. Cause I know we talked about this before the episode even started. And I just want to talk about that as far as like musicians are concerned and more in that space. So how do you reset? And I can present different scenarios to you if you want, and then you can tell me your approach to them. But if, and I've heard this numerous times, if I'm in a practice room and things are just not going my way and I'm just getting really frustrated and I am now in the space to just like either need to walk away from it or just have a reset. How do you feel like that could happen in a very efficient and way that feels good where you're not just like shitting on yourself? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's such a, you're so good. I love this scenario idea. Um, Honestly, like first and foremost, I think is if you're somebody who's practicing regularly and you're aware of like almost like your personality in the practice room and like what your vibe is, I think just having a couple of default, um, like systems where we know what is actually happening. So like when you get to the point where we're having diminishing returns, what shows up for you? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Um, Are you defeated? Are you, what are you basically? And what do you need in that moment to get back to zero or to feeling grounded or to feeling almost neutral, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like we want to approach the reset, I think, from a place of neutrality. So like, what would it look like for you to get neutral in that spot? And yeah, it's very easy to be like, okay, well then just pack up and go home or like, you know, go eat something yummy or whatever. But I think just knowing for yourself, like, what does that look like? Um, And I think 
the way that I would approach it or how I talk to my clients about it is let's get to that place of neutrality. And then once we're there, let's make a game plan for after. So it's not working right now. We're not going to continue this. So we're going to kind of unplug the toaster. Um, But before we plug it back in, we're going to make a plan. And then that's uh, what's going to give us our North Star when we are actually going to go back and engage um, so that our feelings don't get in the way and um, we don't start developing just psychological stressors um, around certain pieces or certain things. And um, it's just back to neutral. Like how can we consistently stay neutral because we need to be that unbiased third party while we're trying to improve our craft. Um, I almost said perfect and that's not a thing. Improve our craft. Um, and you know, what, what does that look like for you? So I think it's, it's very much personal. Uh, but I do think that having a plan is how I would personally reset. Okay. I love that a lot. Yeah, I think that's great. So presenting a different scenario. So let's say you are a musician and you have a specific project coming up and you want to make sure that people are aware of this. It could be a project or it could be an event. And you're trying to market it on social media and in, in different ways. You're trying to spread awareness, you know, spread the word. And it's just flopping. Every time you post on somewhere, it's just not getting the engagement that you want. You feel really defeated. You feel like it's an echo chamber and nobody is going to come listen, purchase anything of what it is that you're selling on these different platforms? What would be your suggestion for resetting that? Yeah. Um, I think looking at the data first and foremost. um, So back to neutral, which I feel like will become a drinking game, like get to a neutral spot. Um, It's not emotional. Um, People don't hate you. People don't not like your stuff. It's simply the algorithm. And there's something that you're doing that is being ineffective. You're not ineffective. The strategy that you've implemented is ineffective. Um, So as a means to reset, um, I would reimagine what it is that you're trying to do. Take a look at the data, take a look at at how much time you're spending. Um, Also just examine like, how are you sharing this? And are you sharing it with the right person? Um, And then I might actually do a detox um, of socials, get off the app for maybe a day or two, take it off your phone, take it off your computer, don't think about it, um, and then come back. Nine out of 10 times, which is not your question, but um, when something on social media is not working, there are other ways to communicate the message. So I wouldn't stop sharing the message. I might just pause for a second on social media and then come back to it a few days later when I'm not so emotional. So what I mean by that is email marketing, send personalized emails, text people, call people about what you're talking about. Because I feel like when we're marketing, we feel like, oh, if it doesn't work on this platform, then it's not working. And I don't know, it goes back to the bigger question of like, how are you using social media to support the work that you're doing? And how are you gauging gauging conversion and success and monetization? And 99% of the time, people have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really good point. I like that a lot. Um, I have a question for you, Jen. Wait, no, let me do a scenario for you (laughs) because yours are so good. And also we have no idea what these scenarios are. So I love that you're (laughs) amazing. Um, How do you reset my fellow Enneagram 2 when you get unfairly, is that a word? Unfairly? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fired from a situation as a whatever. Um, And you're just maybe slightly blindsided. Like, how do you reset? How do you fucking recover (laughs) from that? I've never been fired. And I hope that (laughs) I never experienced that. But I also know that like, it's a very, like, sometimes, so what I'm thinking too, is like, okay, so I have been a scenario where this has happened, not to me, 
thankfully, but I've worked in a corporate setting. <laughs> I just hear you a- like, I would pass away. Yeah, I would simply cease to exist. That's what would happen. That's how you reset. RIP, no longer here. Oh my God. Anyways, so I have been in a corporate setting where it's a corporate education setting, right? And this was like, let me set the scene of just like, it was peak COVID era. It was 2020. So all the teachers were online. So at that point, a lot of teachers had been onboarded to this particular, you know, private education platform that, you know, helps a bunch of people, whatever they had been onboarded. And then by the time it was a turning corner of like six months, some of those teachers were let go because the re- reorganization of like the internal structures, whatever had changed. So about like 50% of them got laid off. I had like seniority as far as like being there for a longer period of time, but the new teachers that had just been onboarded and had that like saving grace of like COVID, everyone's out of work and they had found work being a teacher there were now let go. And I had built relationships with all these people who like were unfairly you know, fired or laid off because of the circumstances out of their control. So quote unquote, unfairly. So I think the biggest thing in resetting for that and what the advice that I gave to them and what I tried to convey when they were all like shut out of their systems and, you know, sending texts being like, what is happening, which is like such an odd place to be both yeah. I'm assuming there and on the other end too. Cause you're just like, I'm so sorry. Like all of these things and I'm taking over their, their students too. So it's like worst case scenario. Um, what I said to them is like along the lines of like your, like how good you are as a teacher, how good you are as a professional, how good you are and all of that is not tied to this decision made above your head. And as far as just being blindsided, like things are going to be okay. And because your talent, your passion and your ability to be so good at what you are and what you're doing, I'm trying to generalize it. So it's not teacher specific. Um, is so good that anybody else who hires you is going to be, you know, lucky to have you. And in then in this unfair place, like, you just have to accept what it is and know that it's not in relation to your worth, your value or anything like that. So I pretty much mm-hmm. just said the same thing in three different ways, but all to say that like, it's not your fault. And that's, I think the biggest thing with like resetting and recovering from that is realizing that it was out of your control. There's nothing you could have done. And yeah, like it's going to be okay type of, mm-hmm. of energy. What do you think? Well, I agree. Um, and I just want to like poke one more second um, because it's happened to me many times and you've seen it firsthand. Um, Mm -hmm. What advice do you give me? Because it's happened as recent as a few months ago. So what, what advice do you, and because as a musician, as a creative and also probably as somebody that people don't assume that happens to as much or anymore or in the same way, given that I'm a business owner, like it's not like I'm losing tenure or not winning an audition. Like it's a different type of fire. It's almost kind of worse. What kind of advice uh, do you typically give me that you think could be helpful? I think the biggest thing is like the way you leave the door says a lot about who you were as a person during that time and then even after. And I feel like in the musician space, it's so small that I almost feel like leaving through the front door is your best option. So I think the main thing that you and I do as far as like internal systems are concerned and the advice that I give you is just like leave with like ever as much clarity as possible, as much like communication and, you know, documentation as possible. And then just be like kind and not that you're not, but just the biggest thing yeah. I think is like leading with kindness and where you're like, thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> Best wishes. Here you go. Read between the warmest lines. Warmest regards. Have a great day. Yeah. Warmest regards, like scolding hot regards. Like truly, like I think that is the best thing to just like leave with so much clarity. And I think too, like in that firing process, everybody's very different. And sometimes what I've mm-hmm. noticed working with you is that 
and different clients is that like they don't know how to fire people so sometimes Mm -hmm. it just becomes weirdly personal and they say things they don't mean to say and it's almost this like nervous energy of like wanting to please but not and like it's like what are you doing like that boyfriend that tries to break up with his girlfriend and the girlfriend just doesn't get the picture and shows up the next day type of energy so it's just like what are you saying be clear so I think you're the biggest thing for resetting after that is just like clear as kind unclear as unkind so just being as clear as possible with what's going on and what needs to happen and setting your boundaries moving forward I think is the biggest Mm -hmm. thing did I miss anything is there anything magical that I told you that I just missed (laughs) no honestly like what helps me reset is that kindness piece which feels incredibly counterintuitive because it's so emotional your ego is hurt you're often especially like when it's when i have felt blindsided um it it feels even more personal you know um so i think that that kindness piece like actually allows the grieving process to move a lot faster um and mm-hmm. and for there to not be cuz there there doesn't need to be like a fuck you or like bah. like i mean there's none of that it's like it's it's done we're done like there's nothing more to say or do and and i do think that making sure that whoever leaves my orbit um, and flies off to better pastures, um, feels good about that decision. Um, again, for a long, and I feel like that's something that you've taught me, like just, it's, it's so simple to do. Um, and it makes everything so much easier, but it's not the default, um, or at least it hasn't been. So I feel like as a reset, having that be one of those systems when you're just like shocked and everything's, you know, faulty, like I'm defaulting to just kindness and of course, and thank you and warmest regards. Um, and I think that that has been so helpful for, for the reset in that space. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's important to be prepared for that and to know how to navigate that. Um, because I mean, Jen, you might be the exception, but a lot of people do experience the firing, especially in the music space. I know that 1000%. I know that it's very, it's very different. And I like that. I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like rejection and I've I've obviously felt reflect rejection in different ways, but just having that makes you so much stronger as a person, even though it is mm-hmm. unfortunate, but you learn from those mistakes. So it's always, you know, the heart of the fall, the, the quicker the rise or whatever it is. I don't think that's yeah. a phrase, but we're just gonna coin it as if it is. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. And like honestly, like thing. I have felt so like every time something like that catastrophic happens in, in my emotional world, the growth is humongous. Um, so there's yeah. always that silver lining. And and I always feel good looking back once I'm on the other side and, you know, hindsight that the experience was any was everything and more as far as kindness and clarity and, and there's nothing to say. And I, for the most part, I, I would say 99% of the people that I've had that exchange with can say that they were taken care of and that they have nothing mm-hmm. to say. They have no proof of anything other than actual kindness and clarity. And that makes me feel good. Cause when you're, you know, like, I feel like those, um, TikToks or memes or whatever, when you just kind of look back and you think of those conversations and you just kind of cringe, um, mm-hmm. in the firing space, I don't have those, um, those exchanges. And that just feels really good. Um, I have plenty of other cringe moments, um, like getting fired, in such an amazing way that I didn't know it was happening um, by one of my mentors. I talked about it on the podcast. Um, and that was amazing. Anyway, I digress. Back to you, Jen. Yeah. I have felt that experience though, as far as like breakups are concerned. So I feel like that's where my appeal comes in, where it's like, the, those have been horrendous. So like fired breakups, I feel like it's similar situations yeah. where just relationships are ending and people are going in different directions. 
So this could be the last scenario if you want, or we can do one more after this one. But I'm going to present a scenario. So let's say you in the financial space right now are just overspending, you know, overexerting, or it could also be the idea that like you just, the business that you have right now is not as profitable as you would want it to be. Your studio isn't bringing as, bringing in as many students as you would want it to bring in, or, you know, that job that you thought or the recording contract that you had is expiring soon. So, you know, that your income is going to dip. How do you reset from that, like, financial barrier of knowing that your income is not stable or that it's going to dip at a certain certain point in the year. Mhm. That's a big one. Um I think stability is relative to the personality and I think the first thing is to define what is stability to you because for some people it is being in community. For other people it's a dollar amount. Um for other people it could be health centric, it could be family oriented. So I think first and foremost, defining what is stability to you. Um, I think that it would be so helpful if freelancers could reframe from freelancers to just business owners. Um, it's actually when you're established and you've been doing something for a minute and you have seen success to go out of business or for things to dip to a place where it would be catastrophic, it takes a minute. Um, so I think like, we need to, I would love to remove that stigma of just, it's all or nothing. It's feast or famine because that's not the case. And, you know, you've seen firsthand how the income can skyrocket and how it can plummet, but it's okay either way. Um, I feel like getting clarity on stability, figuring out your relationship with money um, and all of these feel like really big topics, but I think just on a very basic level. Um, and then also understanding that um, shame, there's no room for shame in the money situation, really much in anything, but especially not when it comes to money. And I think that we don't often think of like, oh, groceries are more expensive because of inflation. We just think like, why can I stop buying this? Or like, what is my problem? And I think that that negativity like immediately sends you down the spiral, especially when your bank account is not reflecting like who you are. <laughs> so I think that that's the thing. Like it just, it feels so personal. Um, and it's like, but no, you have to eat food and we can't control what the economy is doing right now. Um, what we can control is setting some systems and diversifying that income and that portfolio. And in some ways taking some career risks as far as like, what else are you adding to your plate and what are you taking away? Um, and I think that people think that back to that feast or famine mentality that either you have students or you don't, or you have clients or you don't. And it's like, no, I've many times been in situations where I have lots of clients and I am losing money because I'm not charging enough. So it's really just doing that internal organization and and having like a good come to Jesus. I find that this is super helpful to do um, in community, but not like a bunch of people airing out your shit, but more of just like find a person or two, talk to a mentor, talk to somebody doing the things that you want to be doing. Um, and create a plan for yourself and give yourself opportunities to fail. I think that's another thing. Like for me in this reset era, there's a lot of runway to fail as well. And to like, okay, we're resetting, but actually it was a total shit reset. Let's try something else. Um, I've used like three or four spreadsheet trackers for my budget this month alone. And I'm like, all right, we got to freaking figure this out. Why is Excel? Why does it hate me? Why can't I figure out this thing? And I call you every day and I send you a text and I'm like, bitch, what do I do? And I'm just trying to figure it out. And and that is like my version of the reset with the financials. Uh, but also reminding myself when I feel that scarcity mentality that we have created a foundation. We have a good pro product. We know what we're doing. 
we just need to pivot. And if COVID taught us anything is how to freaking pivot. Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest thing, you said it perfectly in every scenario. The biggest thing is just finding clarity for me, at least of like the numbers, like what that is and that budget tracker and just figuring out what we're looking at and what we have room to play around with. Cause I feel like that information is so powerful, especially when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your budget, like, okay, sure. You blew the budget this month for this particular category, but then how can we make that up the next month? Or what is that going to look like? You know, if we have a, you know, December, not December, January 1st budget evaluating January 15th, what did we mess up on potentially? And what does that look like for the next 15 days before we get to the end of the month? So I feel like having that clarity in those check-ins is really important when it comes to kind of rebuilding that financial reset that you need to be able to feel confident and feel, again, like you're not in that scarcity mindset. Yeah. And for some, for those of you that struggle with numbers like I do or feel, um, I don't know, feelings around certain categories in your freaking budget, um, having a line item to describe your purchase for me has been amazing because it's like I'm looking at eating out or I'm looking at my coffee budget or I'm looking at whatever. And it's not that I'm personally going out and drinking all this coffee, but you know, we've had birthday celebrations, we've had visitors, we've had all these things that bring me joy and that I'm happy to invest my resources in um, happen. And writing that out for whatever reason, being like, okay, yeah, we remember we've been talking on the podcast about five daughters opening this bakery literally below my apartment. You guys, I smell the donuts up from the third floor. It's in the lobby of my building. Like it's dangerous. Um, And you know, I've been going there and I've been bringing my people there and it's been really fun. And um, I'm not going to not do something um, because of my budgeting situation, but it's more of like I'm setting parameters and a framework around it instead of like completely cutting everything out um, and making it unmanageable. And then, you know, by January 15th being like, we're done. Um, Instead, just being able to write it out for me has been just so helpful. Um, And it's almost like an explanation to myself. And I know that I'm going to get to a place where I'm not going to need a freaking explanation and I'm going to be slightly more, um, I don't know, it's going to be less emotional and more intuitive, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. But for now, highly recommend um, if you're in that spot, just explain your purchase um, to yourself. Obviously, nobody cares. Nobody's <laughs> going to judge you. Um, and watch your patterns and, and see what happens. Something that I've been able to change this month personally is I'm no longer eating out out of necessity. Um, it's a choice because I'm able to meal prep and I've been cooking and it hasn't been like, oh my gosh, it's six o'clock. We're hangry. It's an emergency. What are we going to eat? And then keeping, you know, Uber Eats in business single-handedly, it feels like. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer receiving the message where it says like, you're a regular on Uber Eats. And I'm very <laughs> proud of that, which is fantastic. Yeah. At some point, Nick, which is Karen's husband, were just in competition of who was ordering the most out of a specific restaurant in like not a good way, not a competition that we both wanted to be a part of, but it's like, you're a regular. Yeah. Like the Spotify rap sheet where everyone's like looking at the music they listen, y'all in your orders, <laughs> chicken wings and all this stuff. It was amazing. Um, yeah. But speaking of amazing guides, um, I'm very excited for this reset guide. And I think that this encompasses your experience, Jen, and what I'm going through into this like magical, mythical guide um, that we're going to be having on the website. Um, it's essentially we're in our reset era. So giving us an opportunity to do our habit tracking, um, have conversations around the financials in this tracker. Um, I'm personally really excited about the social media one. I've been mentioning and talking about, you know, kind of coming back to socials and what does that look like, you know, doing 30 days of social media, whether that's showing up on stories or the grid or a combination of things. Um, And that's starting to feel really good and really sustainable. So I'm excited to launch that next week. Um, 
give us a date, Jen. Um, when is next week? <laughs> Launch at the end of January. Sorry. So at the end of January is when it would be. And like Karen was saying, just to like clarify, it would have like a daily schedule, a weekly schedule. It has like yearly goals or goals or quarterly goals. And then it also mm-hmm. has like habit tracking. So keeping on that stem of like healthy, wealthy wise. So water intake, whatever habit you feel like you want to track, we don't want to make it too specific where it's like, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Like that's not for everybody. Yeah, no. So if you want that to be a habit, great. If you don't, then don't. Um, we also have a financial tracker on there and we have a content planner. So it's going to have hitting just the different areas of your life and just resetting and using it as a tool. Mostly like it's a very accessible tool. This is going to be the lowest price point. I feel like of, of the guides that we've sent out or that we've released. So just a very accessible, you know, past that new year, new me energy and more of like, mm-hmm. how do I reset anytime at any place on these particular categories or areas of my life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be helpful too to just have that visual. Um, cause I always get stuck on like how to create this thing to like track my time or whatever, or I don't know, just sometimes planners just don't do it for you or the stickers are too overwhelming or I can't find a highlighter or, you know, my situation is just not ideal for like what I think it should look like. So I feel like just having something that's super simple, easy to use, digestible. Um, and I can pick the category I want to focus on, um, feels really empowering. So thank you, Jen, for being the mastermind behind all of that. Per usual. You're welcome. I'm excited. Um, okay. So this is a good place to wrap up. Sure. Do you want to do one more scenario or no? Do you want to just wrap up? Uh, Well, what is the scenario, Jen? (laughs) Okay. Last but not least, and then we can wrap up the episode. Let's say you are in an ensemble, 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 oh my God, ensemble, <laughs> a chamber group, or just an individual artist, and you're trying to book gigs and the gigs are just not coming. The connections that you're making, you're spending time in different, you know, jazz clubs, whatever it might be, but you just can't seem to make that jump into having people hire you and booking those gigs that you want to. Mm-hmm. What would be your thought process behind resetting or just, I don't know, getting a different perspective on it? Mhm. Yeah. Um that's a hard one. I think it's all emotional first and foremost, and I think reminding yourself that people not responding to your email have nothing to do with your artistry 9 out of 10 times. It is purely shitty business organization. As an agent, I can tell you that. And that is why I have no problem following up until this person's like, enough. And I'm like, great, give me an answer. That's really all that I want. Um, so that's the first thing, just like having a, a mental reset of like, it's not you, it's not you're playing, it's not who you are, like it's it's not, it's this business. Um, I do think it is helpful to do some inventory on are your materials clear? Do people know what it is that you're trying to book? Um, and are you perhaps approaching this email or this conversation exchange um, with simplicity versus complexity. I find that succinct emails when you're booking is the way to go. Um, And we recently had a great experience with a client um, who has a big band in New York and this person's, you know, very successful, has a very accomplished ensemble. They sound great. It's, it's very fun. Um, And they just came to us asking like, what, what is happening? Like, do I need an agent? And it's like, no, you actually, in your case, need a website and we just need to organize everything. We need to have like a, a really accessible and understandable digestible press kit. And this person was like, all I want to do is book this one date at this one club for this one thing. And I was like, okay, let's create a press kit around that. Let's focus our efforts. Here's how we can write a better script. And then here's the site. 
And this person like immediately booked the gig. And that was really exciting. Um, but I think that when we panic and we shut down, it's hard to find solutions. And I think there's sol- solutions to everything. Um, I also feel like if your website's great, your materials are good, your email's succinct and it's still not working, ask for help. Like we're a community of musicians and creatives. If you know somebody who knows somebody who's adjacent to this thing, ask them, how can I get in? I really want to do this. We all want to help each other. I know that there's people that, you know, want to bring in great talent, um, that want to collaborate with other people. Like, especially if you're not in music school, like our abilities to collaborate are not as readily available. Um, but why should it be any different? Like just, just ask for help. I personally have not experienced or seen in our community, people reach the top alone. You you do it in community mm-hmm. and as a team. So don't be embarrassed. Ask for help. I mean, be nice about it. Don't be weird. But like people want to help. And nine out of 10 times, it is usually the way to do it faster than beating your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now it's a great place to end. <laughs> You're so silly. Um, thanks y'all for listening. Um, if you want to hang out with us some more, head over to our Patreon. Um, we have all sorts of goodies and free things. Um, and then stay tuned for some amazing interviews that are coming in the next few weeks. Um, thanks again for the support and we will talk soon. 